Hello and welcome to the Unbundled Attorney Mastermind Podcast. My name is Dave Ahrens and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Unbundled Attorney. In this podcast, we interview many of our provider attorneys, as well as some of the leading experts in the industry to isolate the best practices for building internet-generated leads and how to ethically and effectively offer unbundled legal services and other more affordable options in your practice. For more information about our services, visit www.unbundledattorney.com. All right, welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be interviewing Matt Beach, who's one of our provider attorneys out of Denver, Colorado. And we really dive very closely into a process he's developed over the last couple of years that allows him to convert approximately 50% of the leads we send him into paying clients. And what's interesting about it is that about two-thirds of the clients that he that hire him, hire him for unbundled legal services, a third of them are for full representation. He still has that third that goes straight to you know, the full retainer fee. But that's, that's a little bit different percentage than maybe some other attorneys do. And so you know, he really focuses on educating and delivering the unbundled option. A lot of clients begin with that approach. So the 50% conversion rate is impressive. The fact that he earned a close to quarter million dollars in revenue last year from leads alone is really impressive. But what's even more impressive to me is he has brought on a couple contract lawyers that do a lot of the actual legal work for him. And he assigns and focuses his time on doing the, the lead calls and and then enrolling them in the service and getting them scheduled in to meet with the contract lawyers to the point where you know his time involvement in fielding the leads, given that the contract lawyers are doing the work, is maybe two, three hours a day. And so he's really built a system to be able to leverage his time and really focus on you know what you know Artie as well from our previous podcast agrees is one of the most important things, which is doing that initial call with the leads, responding quickly, and then doing that call. And on this podcast episode, we dive right into, in fact, and do a, a live role play on exactly how he does that call. And also a strategy that he's developed to el- completely eliminate no-shows from his practice. So if you've ever had you know clients that you book in for an appointment and don't show up, here's a strategy you can use to el- eliminate that entirely. Okay? So with that, let's get right into it. And this interview with Matt Beach, one of our provider attorneys out of Denver, Colorado. All right, Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Excellent. Yeah, really glad we're getting a chance to to jump on a call and do a, do this episode today. We've been working together for a long time, and I know you've been pretty much killing it out in Denver. So <laughs> I'm really glad that uh, you know we're able to take the time to jump in and and, uh, and glean some ideas from. Uh, the process you've developed out in Denver because uh, they seem to be working pretty good. Sure. Yeah, so maybe a good place to start. Uh, just share a little bit about the focus of your practice, the region you cover, and maybe a little bit about uh, how you got your start. So let's see. Um, the focus of my practice, well, my bread and butter is family law, uh, domestic litigation, child custody, uh, dissolution of marriage, modification of parenting time, that sort of thing. I cover... Uh, let's see, pretty much the front range of Colorado, north of Colorado Springs, uh, Denver, Boulder area. I've got a couple of mountain regions. Um, I got started in 2013 when I, uh, I left the public defender's office, and that's when I started practicing family law. And I think I started with you guys, I want to say it was uh, beginning of 2015, shortly thereafter. 
And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I have two contract attorneys now, um, and I've got uh, an office manager admin that uh, answers the phones and helps me uh, with some of the administrative tasks. Okay, awesome. Yeah, uh, I think we got at least a, a year and a half under our belt. So yeah, uh, that's awesome. And and, yeah. and and it's been really cool to see the evolution of your firm since you first started. Because I think when you first got going, it was you and then maybe one other attorney that was doing some litigation or were you pretty much solo when we first got, got working together about a year and a half ago and then you've expanded up from there? I, I was pretty much solo. Uh, at one time I had as many as uh, three contract attorneys and they were all doing uh, unbundled uh, litigation all from the, uh, the leads I get from you guys. And um, I have two now. We've kind of streamlined some things, but uh, it's going great. I mean, uh, you know, last year we had a really big year. Um, this year I've transitioned out of doing, uh, any domestic litigation. I'm basically just selling, uh, the services and then connecting them with a contract lawyer, uh, to, to complete the, uh, the service, the representation. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is something I'd love to dive into because, uh, originally you were do- fielding the leads and then providing 100% of all the services. And then gradually you brought on contract attorneys that you've created relationships with. Uh, and can you talk a little bit about what that relationship kind of has evolved into and what it looks like? I know they're not necessarily part of the firm, and this is really interesting for some of our lawyers that have been considering expanding their practice, their covered regions and mm-hmm. contracting with other lawyers in, in other areas mm-hmm. uh, to be able to kind of get clear on how they can kind of create that relationship so it's a, a mutual beneficial relationship. Sure. Well, the first thing I think is you have to, to check with your uh... – your local uh, rules of professional conduct is, is how you can organize. I mean, in Colorado, you know, we're not allowed to split fees or anything like that. There actually has to be some relationship between the contract lawyer and the firm, and uh, that, that's what we're doing here. So I essentially, um, I pay a lot of the overhead. I pay for the rent. I pay for their malpractice insurance. Uh, they get Westlaw access. Um, I pay for the time management system, and I'm the one that's providing them with the the client. So if you look at some of these models of, uh, you know, how to split up compensation in a firm, talk about minders, finders, and grinders. Uh, I'm really the minder and the finder. In other words, I I manage um, administratively uh, the client's money, their invoices, uh, make sure the pleadings are, are where they need to be, and then I also find the clients. And then the contractors are actually grinding or, or doing the work. So based on that model, uh, we've, we've got a it's almost a 50-50 split on the hourly rate. We we bill it 2.25 an hour for those, and it's been profitable for me. I've been able to realize the salary that I was making um, when it was just me as a solo uh, from from their labor. So I'm able to leverage uh, off of them, and it's it's worked out really well. Yeah, I think we mentioned when we were talking the other day that so basically you they come on and then you have maybe a split. So if the if the two twenty five is being billed mm-hmm. in this case and again like you said you know attorneys need to kind of look into their local state bar and see what kind of relationship works well based on the ethical rules for their jurisdiction but right you, I think you mentioned it was about a split so for every hour so for, that's being billed you're sure. getting a certain amount and then you also help cover expenses in certain cases like they have their own physical office that they work from or. They're in my office. Uh, I actually have the third floor of a Victorian. Uh, it was built in 1890, 
Uh, there's two law firms below us uh, that practice in different areas, but we have the third floor, so there's uh, enough room for two attorneys in those offices. And basically for, you know, every billable hour, uh, I'm taking $100 and they're taking $125. Uh, and out of that 100 I'm able to pay the rent. It's pretty low rent here. Um, you know, Westlaw access, those types of things. So I can justify by finding the client and, and then managing um, the relationship, uh, making sure the invoices are out, making sure the CoTAP accounts balance, that sort of thing. I can justify my percentage uh, because in Colorado, you, you know, you can't just send somebody a client and charge them a, a split on that fee. You actually have to justify, you know, why you're why you're uh, taking that part of the uh, profit. So. Um, it, it's working out really well, though, and um, like I said, I'm, I'm no longer myself litigating uh, domestic cases. I'm just finding the business and then, uh, again, kind of managing administratively that client account. Maybe what we could do is just give a little context about, you know, how you've been doing, how many leads you typically take, mm -hmm. I mean, ballpark, how you did last year, mm -hmm. and overall what your conversion rate is so people have a bit of context on on how well things are going, and then we can kind of dive into how it's evolved and then and then your process as well. Sure. And I, I didn't pull any actual numbers, but I can tell you I grossed about a quarter million dollars in uh, revenue from Unbundled last year. You know, my salary ended up being oh, around 72 from that. Uh, at that time, I was also billing. Uh, but right now, I, I'm not – billing any time. I'm not actually representing anybody, but I'm still able to pay myself the same salary. So um, does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that gives people context that, uh, and that that's just the, the, the revenues from the leads alone from last year? Sure, sure. And yeah. the conversion rate, you know, I, I really, honestly, I, I'm working to get better metrics on that. It's just been so busy. Uh, I, have, I couldn't tell you a number, but, you know, one time I think I was converting... 60%, 70%, uh, sometimes it's been as low as 40, um, you know, sometimes I have slow months. But overall, you know, um, I, I'm I'm always ahead. I, I've never been in a situation where I wasn't able to pay myself, the contractors, the overhead, and still have money in the account to pay for the leads, you know. Uh, right. I've, I've always been in a positive, so, um, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's awesome, and so... And obviously, given that your fact that you're you're covering the the pretty much the greater Denver metro, mm -hmm. you're getting a good volume of clients. I think we're sending you probably, on average, maybe three or four a day, mm -hmm. you know, five six days a week, something like that. So, mm -hmm. uh, with a conversion rate of you know roughly fifty percent. Yeah, I think uh, that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So <laughs> a lot of clients coming on uh, every week. So, so yeah, and, I, and also when I add, you know, a lot of those folks, I'd say of those. Probably 33% that come in the door actually convert to full retainer clients. Um, my my retainer is $3,000, and I tell them that's usually enough to get through half or three quarters of the case. So you know, if we re if they retain us, they're in the, they're paying us you know six seven thousand dollars in the end. Um, and uh, I mean, these, these aren't really like high complex, uh, you know, where people have a lot of assets or things like that. These are just Disillusions, child custody, things like that. So, 33% converting those to full retainer—that's that's pretty nice, you know. Yeah, and that that is that is a really good number. What's interesting about that number is, for many other attorneys, that might actually sound low mm -hmm. in the sense that 
you know, you have a third of them paying you for full representation, but two-thirds of the client clients working with you on an unbundled basis. Yeah, right? and they're paying me anywhere from, I'd say the minimum unbundled is like five, $600, but more so it's it's going to be $1,500. You know, that that's that's where most of the unbundles are. Right, but that's yeah. something that it seems like you really focus on especially in the get-go when you're first working with the clients is is gearing your practice towards offering them bundled options. It sounds like the majority of the clients are taking that approach and then maybe you know some of them transitioning later on. But can you talk a little bit about why you feel like that's a, uh, been a, an important part of the way in which you work with the clients and why offering these types of unbundled options have contributed to that growth and that those high conversion rates. Sure. Excuse me. I got a bit of a cold here. I keep coughing at the phone. Um, I think that uh, it, it helps. I think they feel more comfortable when you're on the sales call because I explained to them um, that, you know, you're not locked into unbundled. You're not locked into a retainer client. You can start out as unbundled. And, you know, maybe you, you think this is going to be easy and, you know, we give you some help and you file some pleadings and then you think, oh, gosh, this is really complicated. I, I am going to need to retain you. you. You can do that, you know. And I've had clients that have uh, retained us and they thought it was going to be this high-conflict, you know, protracted litigation. And it turns out there was a, an agreement, you know. So then, it, you know, we can then say, okay, well, you don't need to retain us. You can then transfer to a, a, an unbundled type of representation. Maybe you just need us to wrap up the final separation agreement or something like that. So... They know from the beginning that they're not locked into one or the other, and I think that just helps them feel more comfortable, um, right. and it shows that we're flexible and willing to work with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can talk. Yeah. So maybe we can kind of dive into that a little bit more, and get some clarity on what that process is, because one of the things that I think you've developed, you know, over the you know a couple of years we've worked together, is a really good process for doing these calls, these initial calls, you know, responding to the leads, and then how you approach the initial call, which, you know, obviously is leading to a really high conversion rate, but, you know, one of the other things we've talked about is um, you've developed a process for virtually eliminating the amount of clients that don't show up for their appointments, and you developed a system for that as well, and so um, maybe what we could do is just kind of walk through, uh, first of all, do you, do you get, are you getting the leads via text message notification, or do you get the email to your phone? Email. Uh, how do you typically receive them first? Email. And uh, I usually uh, I set aside about a, an hour every morning, uh, usually from 8 until 9, and then again from, say, 3 until 4 in the afternoon to uh, to deal with unbundled calls. Um, you know, I'll, I'll usually do outbound calls following up on leads. I get through emails in the morning. And then I'll do callbacks for people that I, you know, wasn't able to connect with in the afternoon, or sometimes they'll call back in the afternoon. And and that I think that's really important. I think you have to set aside a time every day, uh, and that's two hours. You know, I mean that's that's not 15 minutes, and, I, and you really have to be disciplined about it, um, and and really feel those calls. Right, and it feel getting back to them quickly so that they're. You know, getting a response because a lot of these folks, if you don't get back to them right away, they're you know pretty much ready to hire someone else if uh, 
if you right. haven't talked to him. And I'm sure you, you know, every, any lawyer that's fielded leads for any given time has had that happen that says, oh, I actually just hired another attorney. Right. And you go, darn, you know. Right. But I do, um, I do respond to, I, I get him, it's an email feed that I get him through. So, um, and I, you know, I just call him and um, initiate the, uh, the contact. Okay, great. Um, so maybe a good, from there, um, what is your goal on the initial call? How long is the call? And maybe you can kind of walk through, you know, kind of each phase of the call as far as, you know, what you take them through, how you kind of figure out exactly what's going on with their situation. Sure. And then maybe starting to transition into how you start educating them about the, the unbundled options that your firm offers. Sure. You know, and I've had people say, oh, limit the call to five minutes or 15 minutes. You know, I, I try doing that in the beginning, and I, and I feel that it, it tends to rush things. And you got to let things happen organically. I mean, we all know when we're talking to somebody, um, you know, when they kind of start to ramble on or if they're, they're not going to buy. I mean, you, you know, or, or they're just looking for free legal advice. We all know that from, from talking to enough people. So I, I don't really, you know, personally, I don't, I don't like to say this is going to be a five-minute call, a 10-minute call, whatever. I just kind of let it happen organically. And if, and if I sense that it's, it's not happening, you know, I'm, I'm getting off the call. But, um, you know, I always start out with a conflict check. Um, and, you know, in, in Colorado, we're supposed to do that whenever we talk to a client. It's a good practice. Uh, but it also lets the client know that you know what you're doing, Right. Um, I had people say to me, oh, I talked to five lawyers today, and no one's asked me who the opposing party is. And I explained to them, well, they, they should be, and I explained why. Um, so conflict check. After that, I just say, okay, well, just tell me what's going on, you know, um, and just listen to their story for a while. And then, um, you know, usually they'll talk for two to five minutes, something like that. Um, and you can ask some questions if, you know, if they're talking about their child, well, how many, you know, it's just one child, boy or girl, what's the name? You know, let's them know that you're listening. You got to be an active listener. Uh, keep track of the names of the parties, that sort of thing. Uh, when you ask them questions about the case, you know, make sure that you're using those people's names and, and their ages and, and understand all of that. Um, and then, you know, they'll say, I'll say, well, have you have you talked to any to any other attorneys, or have you thought about what this might cost you if you have to litigate this issue? You know. Um, and if they, you know, usually they'll say no, or they'll say, yeah, I've talked to some people and it's really expensive. And then I'll say, okay, well, you found us through unbundled attorneys. Do you know what that is? You know, uh, regardless of whether they say yes or no, I'll say, well, let me let me just explain to you what that is. And because we offer a couple of different products here in my firm, you know, we offer traditional or retainer representation, and we offer unbundled or discrete task services, okay, and then I'll explain the difference between the two of those, because um, there's differences in the service, and there's a big difference in the price, you know, and then I'll kind of walk them into, um, you know, what our retainer is, how the retainer works, and uh, explain that to them, and then I'll say, look, you know, with retainer services, you're hiring us to do everything on the case from the beginning to the end, so, you know, and, and just so you know, we charge the same hourly rate for retainer services, and for unbundled, it's 225 an hour, okay? But with retainer services, we'll, we'll start out with a one-hour client intake. We'll meet with you. We'll uh, go over your case, learn all the important details about it, and uh, we'll advise you. We'll advise you of your options. We'll answer questions, and we'll help you develop a litigation plan or strategy on how to achieve your goals, okay? And, 
at the end of that meeting, we'll then implement that strategy. So we might file motions, we'll go to court, we'll do investigations, we'll uh, go to mediation, we'll uh, interview witnesses, we'll do everything on your case from the beginning to the end, okay? But, you know, at 225 an hour um, with retainer services, because we are doing everything, that can get expensive, okay? So we also offer something called unbundled legal services. And with unbundled legal services, we're not doing everything on your case. We're only doing the tasks or services that you need us to do and want us to do, okay? And uh, we start out our unbundled services just like we do with retainer service. We start out with a one-hour uh, client intake. Okay, now, to set the intake, um, we'll take a $100 deposit, and um, I'll connect you with one of my contract lawyers. I have two of them here. They're both great, great litigators. Um, you'll sit with them. You'll, you'll meet with them. They'll advise you, answer questions, go over your case, and they'll help you develop that, that same litigation plan or strategy. Okay? Now, at the end of that meeting, you will then talk to them about what part of that strategy they're going to implement and then you can negotiate a price with them about those services, okay? And then uh, that's when I say, okay, do you have any questions about that? Uh, and usually they'll say, so what's the $100 deposit for? And that's when I'll explain to them, well, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're a law firm. We're just like a doctor's office. You know, we don't sell uh, appliances or T-shirts or anything like that. We sell services. So if you want me to set up a meeting, um, you know, to come up with a, a case strategy for you with an attorney, there's some preparation involved, and they're going to dedicate an hour of their day to, to service you. So we ask for the $100 deposit to make sure you're going to be here. Um, if you give us 24 hours notice to cancel or reschedule, we'll give you a full refund. And that's, you know, that, that's basically the, the spiel. Right, exactly. And can you talk a bit about, because initially you didn't used to offer the deposit, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you're, I think you're, you're having some no-shows, which, you know, some other attorneys have, it will tend to experience if they don't have this type of process in place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so what, what what happened as a result of implementing that deposit? Every time I get the deposit, the person shows up. Well, I shouldn't say that. Out of the, you know, I don't know, 100 people we've seen in the last year um, or more, I think there might have been one that didn't show up, and they called the next day and explained they were ill and, I gave him the, you know, I can't remember if we gave it back or, or we reset it. I mean, it wasn't a big deal um, because every time I get the $100 deposit, they're, they're coming in, you know. Right. Pretty much 100% of the time. Yeah. I mean, it's the exception it's, of the one that just literally physically could not come. Right. They're right. coming in the office. And prior um, to that, I mean, I would set, you know, <laughs> you'd set appointments all the time, right? And then people would just wouldn't show. And I think that it's because. Um, that's an easy way off the phone with a salesperson, right? Oh yeah, I'll call you back on this date, or I'll, you know, I'll come the day. Sure, I will, right? And they don't, they don't show up. But a hundred dollars is is really, you know, what what gets them. Now, I think I ended up setting less appointments, right? But you know, because there was less people, there are some people that are going to say, "Well, I'm not going to do that." I, I have a lot of them say, I don't have the $100 in my account. Well, to me, if you don't have $100 in your account, you shouldn't be calling me, right, because you, you, you need to pay for the legal service. Um, or maybe you just don't trust me. So I say, well, if it makes you uncomfortable about giving me your credit card, what I can do is set you for a tentative appointment, okay, and I'm going to copy, I'm going to send you an email with the time, date, location. I'm going to copy the lawyer you're going to meet with on that email. But you have to contact that lawyer Within 48 hours of the um, 
of the appointment, and you have to figure out a way to bring them $100 in cash or a check, right? Uh, so you can call back at a later date. I'm going to put it it's tentative. But what that means is if they don't hear from you before that, they can schedule over that, that time frame, right? Um, and that kind of puts the onus on them, you know, t- to contact us, to come in and, and bring us cash. And we do have people that do that, you know, or some people don't have a, a debit card or credit card. They're just, they're just cash and carry people. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll do that. So um, it, it's worked out. And so they come in the, the prior to the appointment and pay that fee, or they, they come yeah. in oh, absolutely. for the appointment and just confirm? Absolutely. They'll come in. I'll say you have to do it within 48 hours, or we can schedule over that time slot, right? We're just keeping it open tentatively. And if you don't come in and pay cash or check by that time, then it'll just disappear, and we can schedule over top of it, you know? Um, and, you know, of that group that say they're going to do that, probably half of those people do come in and make that cash payment. But if they don't, then I don't have a, an hour blocked off because in 48 hours I'm going to fill up that, you know, I'll, I'll get another call that will come in and I'll put in that spot. Right. Okay, so the majority of the clients, when you explain the deposit, and you know, this is this is the $100, you know, because we're not a doctor's office, and you kind of explain how you, how you, you break that down. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of ask, okay, so would you like to go ahead and book an appointment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, And I'll say, does you that think, make oh, sense? Do you have any questions? Yes. Okay, well, let's go ahead and set you up with so-and-so, you know. Um, and that's when I say, that's usually when they say, oh, I can't do it, or, you know, if, if they're going to say no, that's where it happens right there. Okay. And so the majority of folks are going to be giving up, you know, the card. Because let's go ahead and get you set up with, you know, John. Uh, for you know, what 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 does your schedule look like? Maybe you can just walk through. So say I'm the client. Sure. And well, one of the things I know, always do too is say, well, have you been served anything? Are there any dates that you're aware of? You know, th- that way if there's an important date, you know, on the first, you know, I want to set them before the first, right? Um, right. So I'll say, well, you know, when can you come in? And then I have uh, everyone's calendar right in front of me on the terminal. And then, you know, I confirm the date, and then once the date's confirmed, I'll take the credit card, and then I'll send them an email with the date, time, location, you know, um, a reminder, hey, you've paid the $100 deposit. When you get here, you need to pay the other 125 before the start of the hour, so be prepared to do that. Uh, I'll copy and paste in the little electronic receipt from the credit card transaction, and then I'll copy the lawyer they're going to meet with and update that lawyer's calendar. And then once that happens... It's, you know, they're, they've got an appointment set. And when they come in, the admin has access to the same calendar. They'll see that. And then say, um, when they you know, before they come in, they'll have an intake packet ready for them. So when they come in the door, there'll be a questionnaire, you know, names of the kids, the, you know, your spouse, any assets, that kind of thing. Uh, so we can kind of, you know, get all that information. Um, and then if they're going to retain us, or if, and we'll also have a fee agreement. Uh, so we have two fee agreements, the unbundled fee agreement and the retainer fee agreement. And then uh, if they're going to retain us, you know, great. If they're going to use us for unbundled, great, whichever they'll, they'll choose. And then, uh, or it might just be the hour. I mean, sometimes we have people that come in and they just they want to buy an hour's worth of time, and that's fine. Uh, but we have all that information, so then the admin, once they do, that's a billable exercise, right? Like inputting all that information uh, into their electronic file, you know, that's that's billable and that helps pay for the admin. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. You know, we've got the kind of pieces and the concepts, you know, you you talk to clients, find out what they goal, you ask them, 
you know, how they talk to attorneys, do you have an idea what they charge? Then you say, do you know about a bundle? Maybe what we could do, just to make it kind of clear step-by-step, step, is maybe we could do a quick role play. Sure. Where, you know, I'll just give you, I have a you know a case in my mind, I'll just be the client. Okay. And let's just book me in for an appointment exactly how you would do it, uh, just to really give the nuts and bolts on how that process works from, from start to finish. So let's say, for example, we've, we, we've just jumped into the call. Mm-hmm. You said, okay, why don't you, t- you've done the conflict check. You said, tell me a little bit of what's going on. And mm-hmm. I just said to you, okay, well, I'm looking to file for divorce. I've been married for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the moment, we don't have any joint property. We okay. both have a vehicle. Um, uh, don't have any kids. Let's, let's just say I have one child that's you know seven years old. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're now separated, but basically we've been sharing custody and and you know, I want to get something in place that makes sure that I'm able to see her, my daughter, on on a regular basis. Sure, sure. Okay, so uh, just a couple of quick questions. Do you think there's going to be a conflict around this? I mean, do you think you you and your wife are in agreement on how this should happen? Or, you know, I, I've talked to her about it, and I think we have some clarity around you know how we're going to be sharing, you know how because you know I I work you know primarily during the day, and mm-hmm. then she you know she you know has some of those hours off, and so. You know, around those schedules, I think we have a general idea. Okay. When it comes to the divorce, you know, I'm not sure if she's going to try to ask for some type of support. You know, I do make a little bit more money than her, so um, I've you know tried to talk to her about you know maybe I can help with supporting you know paying these specific bills or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it's all been figured out from start to finish. Sure. Have you looked at any of the support calculators or or uh, any of the calculators uh, about child support? No, I haven't yet, no. Okay. So we've got those here, uh, and we could run some numbers for you. They're pretty simple. They're based on the number of overnights you're going to have and then what your comparative incomes are. Does your wife currently work? Uh, yes, she's working as a as a nanny. Okay, okay. Well, um, have you thought about what this might cost to, to litigate if you have to litigate it, or do you have, have you talked to any other attorneys about retainers or anything like that? Uh, no, I haven't really yet. I mean, this is – I just found the site and you know got connected. You know, just knew I needed to speak to a lawyer. So sure, um, sure. I, okay. I, I'm not really sure yet. Well, you found us on Unbundled Attorneys. Do you know what that is? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. Uh, have you heard of retainer services before? Do you know what retainers are? Um, basically, where you pay a certain amount of money to the lawyer and then they represent you. Sure, sure. And let me explain uh, both unbundled representation and attorney representation because we offer both. Okay. Um, we, we charge the same hourly rate. It's 2.25 an hour for both types of services, but they're markedly different, and the, one is more expensive than the other. Okay. Um, retainer services are what most people think of when you hire a lawyer. Uh, we charge a $3,000 retainer uh, for, for a dissolution of marriage, someone in, in your position, and that's not a total cost or cap on the case. It's basically what we think would take to get through about half or three quarters of the case. Uh, we take that money, we put it in a trust account, and we bill against that trust account uh, at 2.25 an hour. Okay, at the end of every month, you'll get an invoice saying what we've done. But in that type of relationship, we do everything from the beginning of the case to the end of the case. So we always start out with a one-hour client intake. Where we'll meet with you, we'll advise you, uh, we'll go over the case, answer any questions, and we'll help you develop what's called a litigation plan or strategy. Uh, on how to achieve your goals. Okay, and at the end of that meeting, uh, the lawyer you're going to work with is either going to be Louisa or Jessica. Um, they'll implement that plan for you. So they'll 
you know, they'll draft and file the petition for disillusion, they'll develop a parenting plan, they'll help you with the financial disclosures, you know, we'll go to mediation, we'll do investigation, and if, if we have to go to a hearing, we will, okay? But again, we're with you from the beginning of the case to the end of the case. But because okay. we're doing everything, that, that gets to be pretty expensive, okay? Um, with the unbundled services, though, uh, we start out with the same one-hour appointment, okay? We will ask you to make a $100 deposit to make that appointment, okay? When you get to the appointment, you'll pay for the other part of that hour, the additional $125. Uh, but in that one-hour appointment, we'll help you develop the same litigation plan and strategy, and we'll talk about all the things that uh, need to be done, you know, the petition for disillusion, the parenting plan, the financial disclosures. And uh, at the end of that meeting, um, you're not paying us a retainer, okay? We're not, we're not working for you. But at the end of that meeting, you can then decide um, how much or how little of that plan we're going to implement for you. And then you can negotiate a price based on all the issues involved in your case and, you know, what it's going to take to make those, those different services happen. You can ne negotiate a price with that lawyer uh, and then decide and pick and choose, sort of like an a la carte menu, uh, how much or how little we're going to be involved in your case. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, in, is someone going to be going to, to court for me? Yeah, if, if that's what you want. Um, and, you know, that's why that initial intake meeting is important. It, you know, a lot of people say, well, you do free consultations. What we're doing right now is really really a free consultation, and that's what most lawyers do. They'll say, these are the issues. This is, this is how much it's going to cost you. Uh, the initial intake meeting will explain to you um, all of the things that you, that you need to do, and we'll have an understanding based on a more in-depth analysis of the details of your case, for example, how long uh, a permanent orders hearing would take. You know, um, By default, the court will try to set one for an hour, but you might need a half a day, you might need a full day. It just depends on what, it, what things are going to be an issue, or in other words, what you and your wife can't agree about, and there's going to be some, some uh, contested hearing to resolve that issue. So uh, we can go to that hearing, but you really need to meet with that lawyer so they can understand how long it needs to be set and what the issues are involved for them to be able to quote you an accurate price. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Is this something that uh, my wife and I both need you present for, or is this something that I meet with you first and then... And I would we, advise you, know, you to uh, to come in and talk to us alone. Um, we, we don't do collaborative divorces, um, and there would be a, really a conflict if she were here. Um, so I would really prefer to speak to you alone. Okay. Uh, and so what? What? So once I kind of meet the, with the attorney, then we kind of figure out what I would potentially be doing and, and what you guys would be doing and what that cost will be, essentially? Correct. Correct. But really what you're paying for is uh, a, a real understanding of what needs to be done in your case, and you have a roadmap from which you can operate from, right? And then you can make intelligent decisions about, well, you know, whether or not you need an attorney to uh, draft a petition for a dissolution. Because I can tell you right now that there's form pleadings online, I can show you where those are, um, where you can draft a petition for dissolution in about half an hour and it's really not going to, it's not that difficult, you know. Whereas you can use me, for example, to say, um, you know, go to the contested hearing or to help you issue spot or help you understand uh, certain deadlines, uh, when things need to be filed, you know, um, or help you analyze what your child support or maintenance should be. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that will work. Yeah. 
Okay, great. Well, uh, why don't we uh, why don't we set up a time? Okay. Um, uh, what works good for you? Do you want to come in sometime this week, next week? Um, I could come in on Friday uh, Friday afternoon. I have the I have the afternoon off on Friday. Okay. Do you know where we're located? Uh, nope. Sure. Okay. We're at fourteen seventy one Stewart Street, and that's in Denver, between Federal and Sheridan, just south of Sloan's Lake. Um, I've got your email that came through um, the unbundled uh, services. Is it okay if I e- contact you with that email with the time, date, and location of the uh, of the, the intake? Yeah, yeah, that works fine. Okay, great. And I'm going to set you with Louisa. Um, and like I said before, I'm going to we'll need a hundred dollar deposit. If I can go ahead and take that, do you have a credit card? Yes, I do. Okay. And you want to give me that number, and we can uh, we can set that up. Okay. Let's just say that I just said no. No, I don't have a credit card. Sure. Okay. Um, well, do you um, do you have a check or cash you can bring in? Yeah. Yeah, that works. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll set this for a tentative appointment with Jessica. Okay. And what that means is I'm going to go ahead and email you, and I'm going to copy her, confirming the time and the date. And you just need to contact her within 48 hours. Okay. And just coordinate with her where when you're going to come by our office and drop off that $100 deposit, okay? Okay, so I need to come in and then just give the cash for that appointment? Yep, that's fine. And if you don't, because it's a tentative appointment, you know, what I'm saying is we can't confirm it because I'm going to have Jessica here for the hour, you know, for you. But, um, you know, if if you don't confirm within 48 hours by coming by and dropping off that deposit, then she's going to be able to go ahead and schedule on top of that because we're going to assume that you're not going to be coming in, okay? Okay. All right. And, and so this deposit, that's for that initial consultation? Yeah, so the way the deposit works is it's, you know, um, when we first started doing this, we had a lot of people calling and saying, hey, I want to come in, I want to I want to set an appointment, but then they wouldn't show up, right? And we're just like a doctor's office. You know, we don't sell uh, appliances or, or T-shirts or anything like that. We just sell our services. So if Luis is going to be here for that time slot, um, you know, we just want to make sure you're going to be here too, and that's why we ask for the deposit. It will go towards the hour. Like I said, when you when you get here, you'll pay the additional part of that hour, the 125. Okay. Um, and if you need to cancel or reschedule, that's fine as long as you do so within 24 hours. Okay. We'll give you that deposit back. If you can't make that deposit, a lot of people feel uncomfortable uh, giving us their credit card, or they don't. Maybe they don't have the hundred dollars right now. That's fine. Um, you can just bring it in in cash or credit, but you would need to do that 48 hours before the appointment because it's a tentative appointment. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, it does. Okay. Okay. And, and so I'm paying the $100 today, and then I need to bring in another 125 For on the Friday. Hour. Yes, because it's 225 an hour. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that sounds fine. All right, great. Okay, good. So that, that that's helpful. That really you know, kind of nails down what that what those differences are and so forth. So I, I appreciate you taking it taking us right through it. So for those that kind of come in, maybe you can talk about, so now you got the appointment booked. They're coming into the office on a specific day. You know, what are the first things you do when they first come in? I think you met, you know, I think you mentioned you have a packet that you yes. kind of give them and then you're actually, do you, do you prep documents with them in that first hour? I mean, what, what are the things that you, you know, really, really make sure you accomplish and what's their experience when they walk in? I use the, the, and I kind of said that in the initial call, I use that billable hour to really get information, analyze what's going on, spot issues, and, and help them develop a, a plan. You know, when people come in here to us, it's all second nature. Oh, you need to file, 
you know, if you're getting a divorce with kids, you need to file, you know, a parenting plan and financial affidavit and, you know, a, a petition for dissolution. They have no idea, right? So that's what I use that part of the the first hour for is really helping them develop a plan. And in doing that, um, you know, that sets it up for unbundled services or for retainer because then, you know, they can say, oh, well, I want you to, I don't need you to draft the petition, but I am going to need you to help me with the financials. Or, you know, this is a contempt issue for child custody. This is more complicated. I need you to draft this thing, right? Um, And then it also shows them that, you know, we know what we're doing. And then later on, if they want to convert to, um, retainer services, or you know, when they understand how complicated it is in the first meeting, they'll say right away, "I want to convert to retainer services." Um, it, it just helps us too because we have a better understanding of the case. Okay, how do you kind of figure out what what services you're going to perform for the client, and what are the types of options that you typically will will provide on unbundled? You know, are you so what? Maybe you do specific documents. Maybe there's a limited appearance. Can you talk about how those relationships have formed, you know, and how and what those those types of arrangements have looked like? Sure. Um, it really depends on the, you know, the where they are in the case and what kind of client you have. I mean, right. You know, I have I have people that come in that, you know, haven't filed anything. They don't know what to do. They don't know what they want to do. You know, I mean, you need to explain them what the options are. And sometimes they'll say. Well, I, I don't want to do anything, or you know, I'm going to get divorced, or or, or whatever. Uh, it also depends on uh, how savvy the client is. You know, some clients, you know, they could be bookkeepers or accountants. They don't need somebody to help them with the financial disclosures. Uh, it really just depends on. It's it's very case specific. Um, most of the time, though, they want us to do some kind of hearing, you know, uh, or mediation because they've they've already filed something. Um, and you know they're now all of a sudden they have a, a looming date and they don't know what to do. So that's usually where we're getting them is something's already happened. Okay. And so when it's unbundled, it's kind of do you figure out in your head kind of how many hours you think it's going to take to do that one hearing or that specific part of it, oh, and yeah. then just ask for that amount? Yeah, exactly. So thing? yeah, so you know we'll figure. And it, it, it really depends on the issue. So you might have let's say a contempt hearing. Okay, well, what's the issue? Well, you know, she won't let me see my son. Okay, well, you know, how many witnesses do we have? Uh, Well, it's myself, and here's the text messages where she's told me I can't see my son, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, well, that's a pretty simple hearing, right? That's going to be, you know, a half-day hearing. So we'll say that's going to be four hours, you know, and then uh, we'll figure four hours of prep time, you know, times, so that's eight hours times 225 is what we would quote them, you know. and you know it's funny when you when you start with unbundled and maybe they'll just have you do that and then you do the contempt hearing and you win it and then they're like okay well now I want you to modify custody okay here's five grand <laughs> you know what I mean um, so it, it it just it, it's very case specific and I, and I think it's just from you know doing a lot of these cases and litigating a lot of them I mean we all know how long things take you know. Um, but you really have to look at where your evidentiary issues, you know, am I going to have to file for a subpoena to Casticos? Am I going to have to get an expert? You know, um, usually experts are outside of the purview or unbundled, but sometimes you right. need one, you know, uh, but you might, might need a child family investigator. It just, it really depends on the case. But we generally break it out into, you know, document preparation, uh, mediation, 
original motions and in hearings. You know, um, that, that's pretty much. And, it, and and most of the hearings are when people come for unbundled, bundled, they're usually not doing a full-blown divorce. Usually it's contempt um, or a modification of, of parenting time, something like that. Right. And so for the hearings, you're you're thinking about kind of how much time it's going to take to do that and then quoting that. When it's document preparation, do you do you does your team ever quote just a flat rate and then you try no. to get it done quickly no. or is it always no, we it, never it's do. gonna take us this much time? Yeah. No, we never do flat rate. We've tried that, but it really I think that um you know, cause, and I and what I say to the contractors is, you know, they get paid half of what they collect, right? So um, you know, they're they're careful about not under quoting because we've gotten burned a few times, but we're learning, right? Um, right. But you just, you know, after you get burned a few times, then you're then you say, well, this is how much this is. You know, you don't you don't flat rate it. I mean, that's you end up working for free if you do that. And I think. Right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the only uh, logic argument for some lawyers is they can charge maybe you know, 750 to a client, but then maybe through by leveraging a paralegal or a sports staff, they can do it and get that done in an hour of their own time and then leverage some time. But you that's, could, but I find that the work product gets diluted when you do that, and I and I think that it's harder to manage uh, and find a good paralegal because then you're almost paying them what you're paying a contract lawyer, you know. Um, right. I mean, to find a really good one, and they're just they're just not that out, out there anymore. And I, I get worried about the work product getting diluted, and I've had that happen too. Um, you know, and I, that, I don't know. I just think it's better to have qualified people do it and just billing it. Well, and it makes sense because you're already working in a contact relationship. You know, if, it seems like if they're going to be doing the work, you know, you want to make sure that it's that contractor that you're working with that's actually doing the services for that for that client. Right. Right. And that's how our fee agreements are drafted. The fee agreements explain we have to, by our, our ethical rules, the split between um, myself and the contractor. They have to explain what portion I'm getting and why. You know, um, right. That has to be fully disclosed to the client. Yep. And once you establish the scope of the service that you're going to be providing to that client, or mm -hmm. the contractor does, mm -hmm. then they, you know, detail in the limited scope agreement. They basically put together an agreement that says. We're doing these services, we're not, and then you're doing, or we're not doing these services. But basically, oh, yeah. it just makes express what that looks like. Eh? Yeah, my and our fee agreements for the unbundled actually have different paragraphs to initial. Like, you know, for example, there'll be one paragraph that we're only doing documents, and we're going to do the following documents, and we have the client and the lawyer initial in that section, or we're going right. to do this hearing, and then we also, beside the sections, have the the lawyer and the client write in and you know handwrite the, the negotiated price. Right, so it's very clear there was a meeting of the minds about the scope and what it's limited to. Also, the pleadings in Colorado have to reflect limited scope representation or you know unbundled or discrete tax services. So, you know, it, when we when we file a pleading or when we do an entry, it says we're only doing it for this purpose, and then we have a notice of completion we have to file. Um, so that's it's all very clear. And then if we want to expand the scope in six months and say, or five months or whatever, and say, hey, we've we've done this, but now we're also going to do this discrete task. We just execute a new agreement and um, file a you know a different scope of, of pleading. Yep. And how is the environment, the legal environment in the Denver area with the judges you deal with? Do you ever run into challenges with them saying, you know, being not accepting no. or confused about why you do that, or is that something no. that's pretty widely well, yes, in Colorado? Yes, the, some of them are, but 
um, you procedurally we we personally um, filed in the pleading and we say it orally when we arrive just to remind them. Hey, Judge, okay. this is a limited scope. You know, and they, okay. They're receptive to it because. 67% of the litigants in Colorado in domestic cases are pro se, which is terrifying. You know, I mean, I would say terrifying, but it's judges don't like it, you know. It's a, you well, know, it's a complete shift from what it was 10 years ago. You know, yeah. 10 years ago, it's more like 67% have an attorney representing themselves. Now it's 67% are representing themselves. So right. it's been a complete shift in the market. Right. Well, that's because that's people where, are asking for twenty thousand dollars retainers, and I mean, I, I don't have. I mean, I'm an attorney. If I got divorced, I don't have twenty thousand dollars retainer. I mean, that's crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. And for them to do what? Have their paralegals bill a bunch of, you know, fluff? I mean, I, we offer services. We get people results, and that's you know, we're lean, and you know, we can do that. And uh, I don't know. I think that's that's an important part of it too. Yeah, and, and I would assume the clients kind of appreciate the fact that you're willing, you're willing and able to offer these types of you know, lower starting point options yeah. than maybe perhaps because, you know, on that role play call, some of them probably said, well, yeah, I mean, I've talked to, you know, so-and-so attorney, these attorneys, and they wanted about 3500 or $5,000 to get started. Right. You know, right. and then, then you were able to offer something that can really, it's more closely fit to their budget. Yeah. But even as you said before, what percentage of the clients, when you start out on bundled, then eventually, you know, transition to going, hey, you know, I'm a little over my head with the, you know, you guys prepped on my documents, but... Now mm-hmm. it looks like it's going to be contested that then transition over to doing more full representation from there. Yeah, well, from the get-go, the come in the door, about 33% go to retainer, and then I think probably another 20% after that that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, they, they do make that transition. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for folks that are getting quoted these high rates, you know, to be able to work with an attorney – especially from a lead generation model, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the clients don't really know who you are yet. They haven't had a chance to work with you. So the easier you can make it for them to get an opportunity to sit down, get some work done, and, you know, have a fee that they can afford to get started with, the more likely are they now to feel comfortable with you and be able to continue providing, you know, working with you from there mm-hmm. uh, because it's so much easier for them to actually get started, you know, initially. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. yep. And then so maybe the last thing today, you know, and then we can wrap up the call just over the over the last couple of years doing doing the lead calls, is there anything else that you found is you know either through mistakes you've made or something that you've developed over the years? Other than that, you know, obviously the deposit really helped a lot, but just you know just core strategy or either for the initial call or offering those options that have really really helped you or you just had to learn to to implement uh, just from a matter of experience. Sure. Yeah. Don't be afraid to say no. Um, you know, there are going to be people that, you know, they just want to get free advice. And I, and I feel them out pretty quickly. I will give people some, some good information, but once they start cherry picking, you know, I'll say, you know, hey, I need you to sign you up or we're going to hang up. Um, and also, you know, there's times that it's going to be, there's times it's going to be slow. Uh, we had a slow month last month, but then the last two months or the last two weeks, we've just been hammered with new intake. So, you know, that's just part of the ebb and flow of, of lead generation, right? Um, and then there's always, to me, there's always a, a time, it seems to be after Christmas, New Year's, where people aren't spending money on anything. You know, um, don't take clients that don't have any money then because you think you need to take a client because <laughs> uh, then you end up working for free and, you know, try and plan for that, that lull time. 
Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's important. But, um, you know, I, I just think I always try to, you know, be disciplined about the time I make the calls, and I always am thinking, you know, I, as human beings, we have up days and down days, right? Some days we're, we're really good and, and you know, the, the flow is happening and you just everybody you talk to wants you to wants to come in and other days you're not and I, I always just try to keep that in perspective and you know just kind of get back on the horse if I didn't have a good day on the you know for for leads and then, then that day I'll have you know a great day for leads so there, there's a certain psychology to that but um, I think if you just keep working it it you know you get the clients and like I said I'm I transitioned out of doing any family law and now I'm basically just administering and um, uh, making the calls, and then I'm, I'm able to work on more PI cases. So that's uh, so that's pretty good for me. Are there days when you just work from home and, and do the do the calls, or are you always in the office? I mean, I would assume oh, yeah, if you're, no, if you're doing the, the calls that you can yeah. you can work from wherever, right? Yeah, I have. To, I mean, I have to have a terminal because I do the conflict check, and then I have to run the credit card. Um, you know, and I also, you know, I do feel more in the zone when I'm at my desk, but uh, I do field calls from home sometimes. Um, just depends on, you know, what's going on. Um, so that's definitely freed up a lot more time with, with me and the family, which is, which is always good. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, I think what you said about the ebbs and flows, there's going to be down days, there's going to be up days. It's really important. One of the things that, you know, used to help when I you know, spent, I was on the phone for quite a number of years in a legal plan business is actually having, tracking the numbers on some form of spreadsheet. Yeah. And I think after a while, and maybe you've kind of gotten clearer on this because you've done this long enough that there really is a law of averages. Mm -hmm. It's a ratio that appears that there's going to be a certain number of clients you talk to, you do this process with. I mean, that's one of the things about lead generation that's you can kind of count on is that it's very, it's very consistent mm -hmm. in many ways. Mm -hmm. You'll, there's the ups and downs, but as many as there are downs and you're going to, you kind of once you know what those law of averages are, when you know what those ratios appear, you can start to have faith to know that if you just had ten clients in a row you talked to that didn't enroll, mm -hmm. there's even there's a really good chance, in fact, inevitability that the next batch is going to be, you know, you're going to get a lot more. Oh yeah, no, right? and that's what I'm saying. Like this last June, the June was really slow. I mean, it was, you know, but then in the last week, I mean, I've had, I think, six out of ten in the last week have gone full retainer. I mean, you know. Right. I mean, just like that. So yeah, I completely agree with that. And it's you just have to keep that perspective. And you know, um, for me, the proof is, you know, I'm coming into second year here, and uh, you know, I'm making money. I've been making money since I started doing this, and that to me is, you know, the proof right there. So. Yeah, and and on the flip side, even when things are going really well, mm -hmm. is to to have the. You know, the foresight to know that, you know, sometimes you're in the summer and sometimes it's the winter and mm -hmm. things kind of go in season and so forth. So, mm -hmm. you know, you got to remember, you know, not to, you know, to keep, keep, keep some of the cash in storage for those days that they're never going to come when, the, when there's, there's down times as well. So, yeah. Uh, uh, one more thing I do want to add, Dave. I had a, a lawyer that things didn't work out with so great last year and, you know, they made some mistakes and I had to let them go and I actually let them go with some, some unbundled clients. And I think, you know, there's a fear, you know, when you're when you're growing a business, especially at a law firm, you know, there's like this paranoia about, okay, well, who's going to split with the clients? Because you can't – there's no such thing as a, uh, you know, uh, no-compete clause because the client gets to choose the lawyer, right? I mean, you, you can't right. say you can't have that client. If the client wants the person, then get the person. But the cool thing about Unbundled is there's always new clients coming in. 
So you could let somebody go with 20 clients, and so what? Because you're going to have those 20 more clients in you know another month. So um, that's the other nice thing about uh, the unbundled representation. You know, you're not losing an arm if you lose a contractor. You know. Yep. Yeah, they can give you the confidence to bring on those contractors in areas that are currently covering, or uh, you know, you just have so much workflow workload that you're, yeah. you're getting stressed out, and maybe you, you know, might be afraid to make that next extra step of bringing yeah. someone on. Yeah. You know, that knowing that there's that consistent business can really give you the confidence to make that next step to expand the firm or yeah. move into a new region, whatever it takes. And you can't have a new compete clause, but what you can say is that you can retain an equitable interest in the money that they're collecting to pay for the overhead and leads. So that gives them an incentive to stay around and not rip you off and take your clients because then you can say, well, then we have a fee dispute. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and the rule in Colorado, and I'm sure as it is in most places, if you have a fee dispute with another attorney, they don't get the money. You know, someone has to decide that, usually a judge or an arbitrator. So, you know, it gives them an incentive not to – just run out the door with your clients. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Matt, this has been just a great call. I really appreciate just your willingness to get into the specifics yeah. on what's been happening. It's, it's just really helpful to hear it and, and to break it down. And uh, our team is going to kind of put some of this into writing so that we can share it with lawyers that either are having the challenge with a no-show, which, you know, this can really turn around, or mm -hmm. just starting to really get clear on, okay, what is the, the specific process here that we can start utilizing and uh, obviously, it's been working really, really well for you, and we couldn't be happier, you know, on the on the feedback rating for the clients and the work you're doing for them uh, with the way this is going. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing, and and thank you so much for taking the time today to to explain how how, how it is you've been doing it as well. Yeah, great, and uh, we'll, I'll I'll give you a call later. You take care. Okay, man, I appreciate all the time. So for everyone else that's listening, we appreciate you for taking part in the podcast, and we'll see you all in the next episode. Thanks so much. For more information about how our lead generation services can help you grow your practice, visit our website at www.unbundledattorney.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to subscribe so you get each new episode as soon as it's available and leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Once again, thanks for listening.